Hello and welcome to the Side Hustle Success Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Haunts, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Taylor. This is a show for anyone who has a product or business idea and wants to go full-time on it eventually, or maybe you already have. This show is about product design, entrepreneurs, freelancers, contractors, free agents, digital nomads, and anything in between. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of being a lifelong learner and the importance of keeping your skills up to date. So, how are you doing, Kevin? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, um, busy as, as always, um, doing a, a few new things. Um, we, we do, obviously, the software products, and we do, like, an annual subscription. Um, obviously, monthly subscriptions or quarterly subscriptions, but we'll do an annual one. And as part of the annual subscriptions, we're now offering, like, free training, um, okay. which we just do over the telephone, which is quite nice. So I'm doing a few of those sort of training sessions as well. Um, also, I'm surprised by the amount of time, sort of, uh, family and school stuff's taking for the moment. I don't know if you have this problem, you know, like, um, like our little boy, he's doing quite well at school. So every month they have like an assembly to award, give the children done well an award. Hmm. So it's kind of like, I feel I have to give time up to go and do that every month, you know, or, you know, he's doing quite well at the moment. So every month he seems to be going up for this award, you know, or, or whatever, you know, and there's always things like that or take my little boy for a haircut or something all these little things seem to take forever do you, do you have that problem do you find or yeah we do similar things like celebration assemblies and actually yesterday i was at my um, kids school because they were doing their lent uh, church, okay, church, yeah. church service things yeah, they, they needed yeah, um, the... parents to help walk all the kids down to the church oh, did you, oh it's nice that you oh, can I help was, out, i yeah. was volunteered into doing that by my daughter <laughs> okay that's good of it yeah i mean that, those things do take up time plus we've just had a half-term holiday as well yeah so yeah we, we, we took a few days out to just yeah, we had a few holiday. days. I went to went to Leeds actually, um, which was quite interesting. I, I mentioned to our previous Kerry, who was on a previous episode about this, and it, it's kind of I thought oh, I've gone do the whole digital nomad thing. I've gone work in a cafe, and I remember getting to the cafe, couldn't get the Wi-Fi to work. You know, I was in a I was on a lot really uncomfortable stool in the window on a tiny little desk because people like just, you know right next to me, and I, I could only just have enough room to get my laptop on. And I sort of like gave up after about fifteen minutes. Oh, but the coffee was I thought oh, was, oh, this is epic, but I ended up going back to the hotel and working from the hotel. A nomad noob. I know, yeah, I thought I didn't research this very well and think about where's the best place to actually work, you know, so it's a bit a bit, bit of a pain. But I managed to get around it. I only had to do it like an hour or so work, so it wasn't too bad, but but it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Um, I mean, some of that family stuff does take up time, but I guess in our situation, it's good to have the flexibility that you don't have yeah. to ask anyone permission to oh, do it. Oh, it was quite nice. We also went to the, um, have you ever been to the Space Centre at Leicester? Yes. Yeah, yeah it's got a little there. but because it was half term, it was chaos. It was absolutely chaos. I thought, oh, probably picked the wrong time to go, but it was good there. My little boy, he loves space at the moment. He's five year old and he actually loves, you know, all the planets and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, we went there things. about, must be like three or four years ago. And at the weekend, we went because my wife got the tickets from Okay, Okay, yeah, yeah. They had like a Maker Fair on. Okay, yeah. So there's loads of people there, like Raspberry Pis and 3D printers, and oh, that's brilliant, that was. Yeah, some, some good stuff there. Yeah, it was quite interesting, but um, just really hard work. Though. It, was, it was a tough week, actually, I think, with the kids being off. Um, but what are you up to then, Steve? What, what things are you working on at the moment? Or uh, So kind of more of the same at the moment. So I'm just kind of getting to the point where I'm finishing projects off. So my innovation course is pretty much completed. Oh, cool, yeah. And should be out very soon. Um, Last year, I wrote a short book on public speaking and how to get over the fear of public speaking. Yeah. Um, that's That's been out for a while, but I've just had the audio book recorded, so that's coming out on Audible and iTunes. Okay, yeah, brilliant, yeah. Which is good. Um, but apart from that, kind of more the same, really. Yeah, just just keeping playing on with the recurrent projects, I guess. I, I tend to work on a fair few things at the same time, and then... You know, I might spend a few weeks working on one project, then I'll spend another week working on something else. And by doing that, it kind of keeps things interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think and then as I get closer yeah. to finishing, I kind of kind of like zone in and get the project finished. Yeah, yeah. I have to yeah concentrate on one thing. But yeah, that's that's all going well. I'm just coming up to start the conference season soon, so there's quite a bit of rehearsing for talks. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. getting ready for travel. So beginning of May, I'm off out to Minnesota again, which is good. Oh, cool. I yeah, there yeah. last year that was good fun. And then I've got. Well, I go to Minnesota, I fly back on a Saturday, and then get to go home, do my washing, and then I'm on a train down to London for oh, no. hopefully Poolside Live. In no London. rest, no rest. So, yeah, it's all going to be quite busy, but fun. Yeah, no, sounds, sounds cool. Okay, so we've uh, got a couple of good audience questions, uh, which are kind of relevant to our theme about lifelong learning. Okay. So the first one is by Gary, and he says, and how do you find the time to learn and do self-improvement when running a business? Shouldn't 100% of your time be focused on building the business? Um, yeah, that's a tricky one. I think it's very hard to focus 100% of your time just on a business. Um, and to a certain extent, 
I think I find this odd. All, you know, all my friends that sort of work for people have traditional jobs. They they don't put like much effort into sort of self improvement. But I tend to notice all my friends that own businesses or the sort of people who read a book about or, or do research mm. about self improvement. So I think kind of the two are probably related. If you're kind of improving yourself, you're improving your business as well. So I, I don't think you can afford not to self improve when running a business. That's why I, I, I would say. I agree. I, I mean, doing what I do as well because a lot of it's training. I mean, I don't know 100% of everything that I teach. Yeah, I'm yeah. Straight sure, away yeah. up front, there's a lot of research, learning, and planning that you have to do. So for me, kind of me learning and then being able to teach people. Yeah, I think kind that, of is, that, is, that is. Yeah, that is core to your business. I think you, you've got to keep on top of the knowledge, you know, and, and, and sort of knowing yourself and knowing, um, just knowing things, you know, it, it's, it's, it's useful, isn't it? But also, I think, and we'll, we'll come on to this a little bit more in the, later in the episode, but I think sometimes learning things that are outside of what you're actually doing is important as well. Yeah. Like yeah. something completely off the wall and completely different. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I think you've got to learn, have diverse, they're probably all interlinked to a certain extent, don't they? Everything kind of, you know, is way out there, isn't it? It, it all links, doesn't it? Absolutely, but I mean, I think, you know, if you used to focus 100% of your time on your business and be, be constantly in that business mode, I think, I mean, some people are like that and all props to them for doing it, but I don't think I could do that. No, I think I think it would actually be detrimental to business. I think you'd just get sucked into one very narrow way of thinking and you wouldn't be able to think outside of that. You know, you'd have to get other people perhaps come in and sort of like just prop nod you out of that. It's a very narrow view. Yeah, of like perhaps you need to look at the bigger picture and you perhaps would just focus on one small thing and, and get lost in that detail. Yeah. But personal development doesn't have to be disruptive. I mean, you know, if, if you, I mean, for me personally, I mean, I'm not everyone's going to necessarily agree with this, but I don't drive. Okay, yeah. I can drive. I've got a license. I just choose not to. So I get the train everywhere. And some people think I'm absolutely mad doing that. But... <laughs> I must admit, yeah, it's a bit strange. But... <laughs> but, you know, if I'm on a train, like if I'm going to Nottingham, that's a good, what, 45-minute train journey. Yeah. I'm going to read a book. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it gives you the opportunity or, to or, do or stuff, doesn't course, it? Perhaps like you, can, you can do things, can't you? You can, you can perhaps read a book, listen to a podcast. You know, I'll do some training, can't you, whilst you're Yeah, so if I'm flying anywhere and I've got a long flight, I mean, I very rarely, unless it's a really big long-haul flight like to America where I might get the laptop out and do some work. Yeah. Generally, if it's like a two to three hour flight, then I'm going to watch a course, read a book. I think, yeah, I think if you're focusing 100% of your time on one thing, I think you're just going to get burnt out from it as well, aren't you? I think you need to do different things, you know. Change is as good as a rest, isn't it, you know? I get bored very quickly. Yeah, so yeah. Was talking, I know after we recorded the last episode with Kerry, we was chatting about this down the pub, but I, yeah, I yeah. get bored of things quite quickly so I have to constantly keep cycling what I'm working on and then gradually I get, <laughs> yeah. I get towards narrowing and I, I know that no, probably goes against every single productivity expert no, advice yeah, out yeah, there they should say you just, that's just how I work no I'm, I'm kind of like that I think you, I enjoy working on different things um, it's good to it, I think if you just focus on one thing so you kind of get lost in the detail yeah. but sometimes you need to there are times you know when you just have to do one thing and do it well at one point in time you know but it's good also to have the bigger picture as well even if you're really, really busy working on your business, I mean, I think it's, you know, 40 minutes, half hour before you go to bed, just like reading. Yeah, I tend to. I tend to, yeah, switch the computers and the phones off at like eight o'clock and I get the Kindle out and read a book, you know, read books rather than watch television or something. Or my wife will be watching television, but I'll be reading the Kindle, you know. Yeah, I wish I was that disciplined. Because <laughs> <laughs> you do like no internet Sundays, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. tend to have, um, have internet free Sundays so I just don't you know, switch the phone and the computer off they get switched off sort of at 8 o'clock on Saturday night and they don't get started up till like um, Monday morning well, if you think about how much time some people myself included spend, <laughs> spends on social media yeah I know I'm, I'm reading a book at the moment that I think mentions digital minimalism I've not finished it yet but it, that, that's got some great so you have to check is that, that out. what started this trend of people doing like uh, 30 day fasting diets of social media yeah yeah that's what it comes is from that, is book. that where it's from yeah okay. yeah it's from the book yeah yeah okay. Yeah, you should check it out. It's an interesting thought experiment, you know, or, or at least read the book. This is a, it's another book you're going to make me buy, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. so, I think it's only a shortish one. I don't think it's too long, actually, that one. But yeah, I'm only, only about a third of the way through it, but it's quite interesting, though. No, so to answer Gary's question, should you be spending 100% of your time working on the business? No, not necessarily. I think you need to take a bit of time to, yeah, to keep perhaps, your skills up to date. Uh, yeah, build up your skill sets in other areas. So this other question is by Pip. I'm not sure whether Pip's... Uh, Guy or a girl? No, it's called, be. It's called yeah, Who knows? But um, do you feel guilty taking downtime, like in the evenings, weekends, and holidays, as an entrepreneur? Um, not really. No, I, I, I think the it's not feeling guilty. It's more like um, just giving yourself time, isn't it? I can see where Pip's coming from. I've 
certainly read lots of accounts where people sort of talk about, you know, they're so busy with the business and they haven't got time to take holidays and you know, they might be forced to take a holiday by their partner. But I never feel like that. So I, I don't... I don't know, sometimes I do. I think sometimes, I, you know, I feel like um, sometimes I kind of enjoy the weeks more than weekends. <laughs> That's quite sad, but sometimes, you know, sometimes it can be like that. You I don't know where you're coming from because weekends... When you've got kids, it can be chaos. If, if, yeah. if you haven't got any plans at the weekend and you're just like milling around the house and then... Obviously, the kids want entertaining. That that is quite hard work sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to get back to do something interesting that you want to do. You know, so we, we, we always try and make sure we've got like plans for the weekend, even if it's just going out somewhere local. We always try and make sure we're out for a good. Oh, do you, yeah, day. yeah, you have. Yeah, it's good to go for a walk, isn't it? Yeah, or do something. Yeah, but I never feel guilty about taking time off at weekends or holidays because no. I, I mean I never run myself a hundred percent anyway because I don't want the stress. Yeah, you got to be careful you don't burn yourself out. I think that's that's the. Big thing. If you work constantly all the time, you, you, at some point you're going to become less productive, aren't you? If you constantly that being said, do that. if you're trying to go down the uh, traditional startup route, I'm doing that in air quotes yeah. because, because we're <laughs> yeah. not filming this. Yeah, you know where you're looking for funding you and <laughs> you've got staff and product plans and budgets. I can kind of see where that may come from, but I think the scale of what I'm doing. Yeah, it depends what your mission is. I know we spoke to Phil the other week um, for Theatre Digs, and obviously he's building like a big product, so he's going to have to put crazy hours in. That's kind of the you know that's just the nature of the business and the product that he's building, isn't it? Or his mission, you know. So sometimes it's like that. But I think for me personally, I, 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 I tend to, you know, don't have a problem with having evenings off or weekends or holidays, you know. Yeah. I guess this partly comes down to the whole uh, passive and active income thing as well. So if you're doing something that's earning you money while you're sleeping effectively, yeah, you know, you're still bringing revenue into your business. I mean, that's a large part of my model with doing stuff for Pluralsight is... You know, even while we're sitting here talking, I know there's people out there the, somewhere in the world yeah, watching my courses. They're watching your courses money, and making so. you money, yeah. Whereas I guess if you're just trading your time for money for everything you do, sort of like a freelancing gig, then yeah, I mean, taking time out is costing you money. But. Yeah, it could potentially. I mean, obviously, you've just got to factor that into the rates that you charge and, the, and your business model and think about that carefully, you know, that you factor in extra, extra money in your rate, say your hourly rate or whatever it is, to allow for, you know, holidays and 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 having breaks and having time off sick etc you know you've got to factor all that in hasn't it? it's got to be a mm. component of the way that you you structure your business model hasn't it yeah so neither of us feel particularly guilty no no not at all no cool okay so obviously those questions lead into the topic of the show which is about lifelong learning and sort of being in that mindset of mm. lifelong learning so i thought it'd be quite interesting actually to talk about our kind of backgrounds because I mean both me and you are avid learners we're always reading and trying to learn yeah, new skills trying, trying I mean, to do new what's, things yeah what's your kind of educational background um, it, it's funny I know you've, you've got the, the show notes up and um, I know it's, it's something that always surprises people because people just assume if you're in this industry that you have a degree uh, you know a university degree but I don't actually have a university I don't think you do either do you see what you're saying there and um, I actually did a. I nearly got one. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. Know, I don't even know. I don't know because it's obviously different in America. So I assume they have equivalent. But in the UK, you um, generally most people leave school at sixteen, and then they or, or possibly eighteen. They do between the age of sixteen and eighteen. They do A levels traditionally, and then they go on and go to university um, from some eighteen to twenty-one usually, or sometimes four-year degrees, aren't they? Eighteen mm. to twenty-two or whatever. But actually, I left school at sixteen, and I didn't do A levels. I actually got a job working for Tarmac who are a large construction company in the UK and I did like their technical apprenticeship um, and they paid me to go to college for two years but sort of a day a week but whilst mm. I worked there and then I did that and then I did another course which is what they call HNC which is kind of the it's sort of the qualification below a degree I suppose right okay yeah and I did a HNC in civil engineering and I finished that when I was 20 and at that point they offered me a a chance opportunity to do a degree but it was in like kind of uh, construction management right and it just didn't I didn't really want to go into managing it management it didn't really appeal to me I, I probably would have preferred to go down the engineering or technical route um, sort of civil engineering or you know something like that and uh, but they didn't offer that so I just kind of decided not to do it and I kind of left there and went to work for other companies and stuff but I never actually went on and got a degree um, Although most people, as a structural engineer, most people that are structural engineers do have degrees, but I don't. So I'm quite unusual in, in that respect. Um, but that, that's my kind of educational background. What's, what's yours, Steve, then? Or? I've got a similar story to you, actually. So, I mean, I left school at 16. Did pretty well at school. Uh, I went to college. Um, I didn't do A-levels. I did a qualification called a BTEC National. So A-levels, yeah, A-levels, yeah. it's like, you know, you, you do an English A-level, a maths A-level, mm. a language A-level, that sort of thing. So it's kind of like 
the lessons you did at school got more advanced. Yeah. Whereas I didn't want to do that, so I did what's called a BTEC National in Computer Studies. So it's kind of focused around a particular subject. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the qualification I did was it was, it was called a, B, a BTEC National Certificate in Civil Engineering. Is the qualification between ages of sixteen and eighteen. Yeah, so you're um, so similar, similar sort of, to me. Then, yeah, yeah, similar sort of. So it was more vocational rather than sort of um, than theoretical, I suppose. Yeah, the, you know. and that's the word I was looking for. Vocational. Yeah, yeah. it's more vocational, sort of on on the job. So probably more relevant to a career. I mean, it's done me a good step because I think when I, at the age of twenty, um, I looked at, or perhaps when I got to sort of my mid twenties, a lot of my friends who'd gone on and done A levels and got degrees, they were kind of struggling a little bit. They got big debts and stuff and all that. I didn't have any of that because my employer pay for my education basically oh, yeah. so I didn't have any any kind of university debt or anything and plus I had a, a skill set I learned skill other people had, I'd learned on the job skills that were valuable in the real world you mm. know vocational skills technical skills that were valuable you know my my in civil engineering you know so that was useful for my career you know probably a lot more useful in the real world than perhaps doing some kind of um, some degree that would have been what's what's the word like an academics like a like humanities or something like that yeah. you know Sort of theoretical but not practical. Yeah, 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 something something like that. So I did something kind of practical and I think that's that's a good route to do the apprenticeship route. I think that's that's useful. Um I don't I, I don't know about formal education and the way the world's going. I mean and we mentioned this I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but in the end of jobs book in a previous uh, podcast we, we did an episode on the end of jobs and in that it mentions that formal education might not be important in the future as it is now. You know, the skill sets that are taught in formal education might not be as relevant. Um, there, there might be yeah. just such diverse range of skill sets that you might learn by practically learning online or whatever, you know, or, or learning on the job, doing a doing a, an internet job. Then you perhaps well, might I'm kind of hoping that's true because I didn't get the formal education. Yeah, I, I did the BTEC National College. I went to university, so I did. It was a four-year degree, so I did the first two years. did Did quite well. Mm. Um, I did a year out in placement. I did a work placement and I wanted to work in computer games at the time so I worked for a company called Argonaut Software okay yeah, yeah. fantastic time best years of my life working there. Oh, cool yeah but then when it came to picking all the options for the final year because you had to pick quite specific modules yeah. you wanted to do in the final year I wanted to do computer compiler design and advanced computer graphics because that's kind of mm. relevant to what I was doing so those are the options I picked and then I found out quite late in the process that they had actually cancelled those two modules mm, due to yeah. lack of subscription. Oh, no. So at the time, all that was left is kind of like your more sort of businessy style project yeah, management. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, it's sometimes similar to the, the time I offered me the degree, but it wasn't in, it wasn't in something yeah, technical, so it was in something management related. I just know. wasn't interested. Yeah. So I had a decision at that point. So I spoke to the company I was working at on my placement and, you know, it explains the uh, dilemma. And they basically said, well, you know, you can... Come work for us. We'll take you on full time because I had a successful placement. Okay. You yeah. come work for us. You know, small pay rise. They actually offered to part fund my degree so I could do it part time if I wanted to. Okay. Yeah, at yeah. that point, I thought, you know, for me, going to university is all about getting an education to go get the job. Oh, and the job was there. Yeah. Well, so. I've done two years at uni and got this placement job, and they've offered me a full time job. Mm, yeah. So at that point, I went, you know what? I don't need the degree. So I, I left at that point. And I mean. Part of me thinks it would have been nice to actually complete a degree, but I'm not bothered. Perhaps, now. perhaps it's not an issue because perhaps you were doing a skill that was in demand at the time, so you didn't necessarily need you needed yeah, the skill, not the qualification, a, wasn't it? Really, in it, effect, it, it, it was a bustling industry. But even though I gave up on my degree, I mean, I've always been someone that's really enjoyed learning, so I don't think it's ever held me back. Yeah, I mean, too, I'm, the other thing is, I'm, I'm not necessarily great with formal education. I think it's because I'm too. I, I want to learn what I want to learn, and not what they want to teach me necessarily. I don't know if you're of that mindset, you know. So. If I'm interested in a particular subject, I'm really into it. Uh, but if I've got no interest in it, I probably just wouldn't be interested. Yeah. You know, it's kind of hard. Sometimes you get tailored in doing things that just the only thing I found you a bit hard is because when you're when you're newly graduated or you're at the beginning of your career, an employer has to have some kind of differentiator between you and other people. Yeah. So yeah. normally they say you want you to have a degree with certain grades, mm. and they use that as a differentiator. So I, I did hit that hurdle a few times. But then it becomes about how well you can bullshit your way around it. Yeah, I think I'm so, I think in the in the structural engineering, and civil engineering, I think not having a degree has held me back. You know, if I wanted to go and get a job as a structural engineer now, I think I'd struggle because I don't have a degree. I know right, it seems right. crazy, even though I do the job, but you know, like it it would be tricky, you know, because that's just kind of the industry is the you know is the, the, this predefined route of what you should be and what qualifications you should have. 
in this industry. So I think some sometimes you do need a degree just to get a particular job and get a foot in the door and get that experience. And it's a differentiator, isn't it, between you and other candidates. So if you've got two excellent candidates, one has this qualification, the one doesn't, you're going to pick the one with the qualification, are you? Because it yeah. at least proves they could achieve this qualification, you know. Yeah, I mean, certainly but when I was in my previous jobs as a hiring manager, so I was actually the person doing the hiring. Oh, okay, it's, yeah. it's always nice to be on the other side of the table. But I always found, and maybe it's because of my background, that if, if we was looking for people with less than five years experience, we would absolutely look at their, their grades. And in some companies, we actually uh, got people to come in and do a presentation on their final year project. Okay, yeah. But for people that have got more than five years experience or got you know some interesting jobs on their CV, I would tend to not be too concerned about their yeah. qualifications. And it, at that point, it becomes, well, what have you actually worked on? And now I'm of the opinion, you know, if someone's got a GitHub account with lots of code in that they've written by themselves, yeah, yeah. That they can confidently talk You'd about. Probably more judge people. I think people now are more judged by the, their work, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I know that, like, that lots, for example, if you, a lot of jobs, like you say, if you apply for a job at Basecamp, what they actually do is they just give you a project to do, don't they? I think um, the company that do WordPress Automatic, they do something similar. Okay. So if you want to work for Automatic, what they do is they pay you to do a project and see how you perform. And they, and they hire you based upon how well you complete a real life actual project. Okay. Uh, but they do pay you for your time, even if they don't set you on. Well, that means they can use what, they, what they've asked you to build then, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you Sounds know, like a good... Uh, no, even if it's no good, though, but they, they still pay you, you know, and, and that's part of their hiring process. Sounds it's, like cons consultants for cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, but it's, I don't know about that necessarily, but it, it, it's a way of like seeing how somebody actually performs on the job rather than just, oh, what qualifications have they got? Because like, they found that that wasn't necessary. So they've got people from really diverse backgrounds with different qualifications, different education... Um, and they, they hire people based upon how they can actually do a job rather than what qualifications they might not, might have, you know. Yeah, but I think from both our point of views, I mean, we are both avid learners still, though, even though we're not formally qualified. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. But I think, there's, I think you kind of need to these days because technology and business, so it doesn't matter what your chosen field is, it's constantly changing. Yeah, for sure, So I think yeah. if you don't go down the learning route, then, you know, you could be like, you know, denying yourself career opportunities. Mm, yeah, for sure. Especially, for, I think if you're in your own business, I think it's just so, I think something, you, I'm not say unique because it sounds a bit, a bit jerkish, but there's something like, you know, if you run your own business, you kind of have to think about your own psychology and your own kind of personal development in a way that you wouldn't if you worked for somebody else. I, mm. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that's how I feel a little bit about it. How do you mean? Do you mean like a self-confidence thing? No, no. Yeah, well, kind of like that, but it's kind of, you kind of, have to know know your own abilities in a way. If you just do a job and you just you just do a job, you know, you just have to do this one thing and do it well and you know, you're taken care of, aren't you? But if you're running your own business, you kind of have to be more introspective, don't you? And think yeah. about more different things and I'm trying I'm trying to think how how I could describe it. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of you have to I'm trying to think of an example of that I could use where when you run your own business it's it's a more reflection on yourself, isn't it? It's yeah. more reflecting on you know, you isn't it? And you've got to think about how you can perform at your best. You know, but perhaps if you work somewhere, you wouldn't really care. You know, you wouldn't care as much about these well, yeah, things. Well, yeah, I mean, when you work for yourself, you're put into the position situation where if you don't learn and learn new things, yeah, to you excel, can... then the kind of the buck stops with you at that point, isn't it? Whereas yeah, when, 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 more... when you work for someone else, if you fall a bit behind, it, yeah, it doesn't really it's matter. It's more personal. It's more personal, isn't it? There's more personal responsibility, I think, isn't there? If you do your own thing in a way that there isn't, if you work for somebody else, that's the impression I get. I mean, it's, it certainly gives you the ability to influence people as well. If you if you're um, learning lots of new skills, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, you can, you can kind of influence people because you're making more of an educated guess on something. Well, not an educated guess, but an educated decision on something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've certainly found quite a few benefits in being a lifelong learner, and we're going to talk about some different learning formats and things that we use. Yeah, in, yeah, in the moment, but but I found that the biggest thing for me is it just helps me stay relevant because. You know, what I do is I teach people. I yeah, yours, yours probably books. so. Yeah, you've got to you've got to be what the course content and the things that you teach have to be relevant to your audience, don't they? Things change, don't they? The, well, relevant you know, the up to date. So I find myself challenges. doing. I'm doing lots of research. I'm reading books. I'm watching videos. Watching other courses. Doing all sorts of things, and then thinking about how I can then use my learnings to teach that to other people. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm saying I was in my slightly different perspective, but obviously, with with my own business, I want to learn the latest business practices or the the latest sort of thinking about business, you know, or or, or whatever, you know. 
or the latest hacks to get you know, the best productivity or, or whatever it is you know you need to know all of these kind of things you yeah. know, to, to be able to perform at your best and perform the best and do you, do you think it's helps with innovation because obviously you run a a software as a service business. Innovation's a tricky one, isn't it? I've, I've heard of somebody, my business partner's on about, there's a guy, he listened to a podcast, and there's this guy who had set, set himself this goal of coming up with like 10 new ideas each day. They mentioned this at the pub. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, like, it's just like basically, you come up with 10 ideas and then just give them, so you could look at a business and like, how could I improve that business? And then come with an idea and then send it to the founder of that business. Okay. And, and uh, like, but it, the idea was that if he, sort of came up with 10 new ideas each day. It would get them into the practice of actually coming up with new ideas, idea creation, almost like a, like so a was, muscle that you could so build So was it 10 really good serious ideas or could it be just like some, some probably not, things as well? Some, yeah, some might not be great and some were, you know, it's just doing 10 even if they're rubbish, you know. The idea was that the more you did it, the better you better he got at it, you know, the more he came up. And obviously like most ideas probably aren't gonna go anywhere. But like, if you just keep practicing, eventually some of those ideas are going to be really, really good ideas. It makes sense. It's like, it's like exercise, isn't it? The more you do, yeah, it's, you get kind of, it's kind of like that, isn't it? So there is a bit of that, isn't there? So I'm going to start thinking more about that is to come up with more ideas and, and actually put more effort into exercising that innovation muscle, you know, so to speak. I mean, would you just come up with those ideas and keep them to yourself or would you sort of send them to your business partner and he does the same thing? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not formalised. It's just something we were discussing the other day and I thought I'll oh, perhaps be able to put that into a process of like something that I could do is is have so many ideas each week or something like that or month or whatever, you know, and just to kind of or at least give it some kind of process, you know, where that you build that build that skill set of coming up with new innovations, you know. Mm. I know it's quite hard, isn't it? Innovations, because innovation can come from anywhere, can't they? So it's, it's quite quite hard, isn't it, to, to do that, isn't it? I mean, if you're doing a session where you're just trying to come up with loads of ideas on a whiteboard, even what may be a silly idea can sometimes be pivoted around or combined with another idea. Yeah, so it's yeah. They're, they're often the best ideas. It's not often new ideas. It's like just translating from one area to a different area, one idea from an existing, you know, uh, accepted practice into something, uh, applying that into a different in a different field, you know. Yeah. Sometimes things like that. Yeah, do you find it keeps you motivated as well? What, like, coming up with new ideas or? Well, new ideas and learning to come up with new ideas. Oh, yeah, no, it's interesting, isn't it? I think that's probably the best job in the world, isn't it? I think <laughs> for me personally and people like me, I think I think internet age has been kind to pe- creative people like that that can come up with new ideas. I think that's what it's all about. That's, that, that's going to be the future of work, isn't it? This kind of creative thinking, isn't it? Because the machines can do everything else, but, you know, it's that, that spark, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. That's the spark. That's that's the that's the edge that humans have. Creative, machines, critical thinking. But sometimes you need something to inspire you to come up with all these different ideas. Yeah, I think that's. I think sometimes you need to you need to give it time, don't you? So you need to go for a walk or have it goes to a different. You know, go to a cafe or something and just have a, a session where you, yeah. you brainstorm different things. Well, I think you need to practice at going to cafes a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think I do enough for that to be honest. Uh, <laughs> So I've got a list here of like different sort of learning formats, and these are kind of things that I use all the time. So we're going to talk about specific products, but it's not necessarily about those products. It's kind of what those products give you. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. I guess. So I'm going to start by talking about video training because oh yeah, that's your, that's your <laughs> it's my yeah. wheelhouse. I know about it, but I mean yeah, using, yeah. using training sites. So I'll, you know, I'm not just talking about Pluralsight, but you know Pluralsight, LinkedIn Learning, um, which is what used to be called Lynda.com. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Skillshare. Skillshare is pretty good. You kind of like pay a subscription yeah. for it. I think it's like ten pounds a month or ten dollars a month. But all of their courses are kind of like very. They're designed to be short, so between twenty and forty minutes. Okay. Yeah. So whereas like with Pluralsight, we do you know quite big courses that cover a big subject. Okay. And it, yeah, it might yeah. be you know two to three hours of content. Skillshare is very focused. It's like this is a skill. You know example so i use ableton live and logic pro for editing our podcast okay yeah yeah so you might have a course which is editing a podcast with ableton live mm. so they're, they're very sort of skill focused courses and they're brilliant sometimes you just yeah pick something i mean completely uh, random on there and just watch it and just it's yeah. quite inspiring i mean the, the one that i'm familiar with is udemy you know mm. um i think i've done a few courses on on there um that's a, that's quite well known isn't it, in the industry you, you you know if you just want to buy a particular course on how to do something yeah, they're, they're, they're quite good. Yeah, I downloaded one course on Udemy. It was um, it was developing iOS applications with the Swift programming language. Okay, yeah. And the course is huge. It's like 35 hours long. Oh, wow, it's okay. Absolutely. I think the guy who does it, he just keeps on adding different lessons to it over time. Yeah. But yeah, there's, no, it's, there's some pretty it's, good stuff some, in there. Some, some good content on there. One which I'm actually quite enjoying at the minute is there's a 
learning site called Masterclass. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've not and heard of it, but yeah. None of the lessons on there are relevant to what I do at all. Right? <laughs> I'll just say, yeah. say that straight out. But they've, well, some of them are actually, to be fair. But they get kind of uh, like famous people. Okay. And they yeah. get them to do a really highly polished class about their craft. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, for example, have you heard of the musician Dead Mouse? It's like a no. techno dance music producer. Oh, yeah, name rings a bell. Yeah. Um, so he's done a video about electronic, or a course about electronic music production. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. Um, Hans Zimmer has done a course on there about um, scoring for films. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's, that, what's that author's name? Is it James Patterson, the thriller writer? I don't know. He, he's, he's done a book about, how to well, he's done a course about how to write a thriller. Oh, brilliant, yeah. yeah. Um, Gordon Ramsay. You've heard of Gordon Ramsay. Oh, sure. yeah, no, yeah. So he, 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 he's, <laughs> no, he's got Ramsey. a cooking class on there. Yeah, I've read his book, actually. I'm not sure how much swearing's in it. <laughs> but basically, they get people that are like masters of their craft. Yeah. Um, so there's a, an American comedian, an actor, Steve... Oh, I can't remember his bloody name now. Martin? No. Steve Martin, that's it. No, it. So he's, he's got a course on um, comedy. Oh, brilliant, com- yeah. Comedic writing. yeah. So I've watched quite a few of these, and you know, a lot of them aren't relevant to what I do, but it's, but that's kind of okay. It's just learning something completely different. Yeah, learning something, some, something new. Something, that's good. I think it's good to have a diverse range of skill sets, haven't you? So yeah, it's good to have these things in the tank, isn't it? But also, I think one one which I find myself using a hell of a lot is just good old YouTube. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, I often crack open. Sometimes it's just like. Um, you know, like if you're trying to do something DIY or something like that. No, <laughs> it's like silly, but do you, do you always do that? Do you, does everybody do that? that I've done that, yeah. So, uh, a good example. <laughs> the coffee machine I've got in my office, it needed descaling. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. Couldn't, I, I couldn't be bothered to read the manual, so I just looked up a video YouTube, on YouTube. Yeah, and they're all the same, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah. YouTube's good. I mean, I've subscribed to lots of channels on there. I think the problem I've got is that my daughter uses my tablet, which has got oh, which is logged yeah, into yeah. my YouTube account. So <laughs> yeah. I get loads of really bizarre videos popping up oh, no, toy yeah, unboxing, yeah, but, yeah, I can imagine yeah but as a way of learning things and you know it's free as well yeah I know it's, it's good I know I've got the adverts but yeah I know it's, it is good isn't it there's lots of great great sort of training stuff on there yeah it's worth having a look isn't it yeah and there's a lot of rubbish as well but oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's getting easier to filter through all that rubbish yeah okay so the next one then I guess is books yeah no I'm a big big reader you're, so you're a massive reader yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, I read lots of books. Um, I tend to um, do occasionally read real books, but mostly tend to read on the Kindle now, so e- e-books. Um, I've not really got into audio books. I might do it at some point. I know still, because I do lots of podcasts, I think that probably takes up most of my time, so I don't tend to listen to many audio books, but it might be something I'll look at in the future just for just for time. Audio books are good. I mean, I've, I'm currently going through the process of getting audio books built for all of my self-published books. Yeah, yeah. And those books tend up ending to be about two to three hours of audio. Okay, which yeah. is quite long. But I mean, you look at some novels that are on there, and they're like thirteen hours long. So it is quite wow. a time investment. Yeah, yeah, but, but they're saying it's quicker reading, well. isn't it? So yeah. But if you travel a lot, or especially if you drive a lot, audiobooks are really good. Yeah, no, I can you, imagine, can't, yeah. you can't read a, a paper book <laughs> whilst driving. <laughs> no, <laughs> not easily anyway. But the, the thing I use a lot. Um, there's quite a few of these services, but the one I use is Blinkist. I think I've talked about it before. They, yeah, they do like a, it's a book, it's a book yeah. summary service. Yeah, I know you keep saying about this. Yeah, I might. might I feel it's cheating a little bit though. But um. well, not really. I mean, there's so many books out there. So like a lot of the books you recommend to me, it would take me forever to read all of those. <laughs> True, no, so sometimes I'll, I'll go to Blinkist and I'll, I'll listen to the summary. Okay, yeah. and it's not, it's not. You know, they're not just taking the introduction. So, so they'll go, they'll produce like a professional summary of the book and that actually contains all of the key information from that book. Yeah. And that's just really good. So if you're, I mean, I think they probably aimed it at like busy executives who haven't yeah, got time, to, time read. to read a whole book. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've mentioned Blinkist quite a few times. It must sound like I'm on commission for them, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, should be. I, th- I should think there's, be. There's, there's other services that do a similar sort of thing. They're not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. But that it's not is. to say you can't go and then read the whole book afterwards if you want to. Yeah, you've probably, have, you, have you done that? Have you sort of read the summary and thought, yeah, that sounds really good, I'll read the whole book? A few I have, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. But it gets a feel for what books like. So is it worth reading or not? That might be the other thing, you know. Yeah, because even though it's giving you the summary of the book, it's not going to go into all of the all of the examples yeah, and case yeah. studies from a book. So I'm, I'm not in any way saying it replaces books, but it's a good good complimentary mm. thing. So every now and again, like lunchtime, I'll go for a walk down the canal and I'll just stick a couple of Blinkers. Uh, okay, on. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, podcast is the next big one. 
Yeah, I'm, yeah, a, I'm, a, I'm to, a massive podcast. Yeah, I listen to lots of podcasts. Um, I mean, I don't know which ones do you which ones do you listen to these days? Or? So my favourite ones are actually not necessarily all businessy ones. Um, so I'm gonna, uh, don't know where my phone is, so have a look. <laughs> no, uh, I was my my, my favourite one I listen to is called the Accidental Tech Podcast. Okay, yeah, which is yeah. Um, it's a bit like it's a good way of describing it. It's like Top Gear for technology. It's just three guys who are friends who just discuss tech yeah it's, it's most a lot of it's apple related uh, admittedly but i just i just enjoy it because you can tell they're obviously really good friends there's a good banter between them yeah um, yeah it's quite, quite real yeah and it's, it's quite sort of topical so it's they release it every week and it normally covers the week's previous events in the news yeah so i listen to that there's one i listen to called upgrade okay relay yeah. fm and again it's a similar sort of thing it's kind of a topical news thing about technology yeah, yeah. I mean, the ones I tend to listen to are uh, runs around sort of bootstrapped software companies, which is kind of what we're doing. So it's kind of a bit biased towards my particular niche, I suppose. You know, yeah. so listen to there's one called like Startups for the Rest of Us. Um, oh, yeah. If you're familiar with that, there's other ones like ones that are still like rogue startups. There's one where it's, I can't think what the exact name is, like um, the guy does it, Justin Jackson and his business partner. And it's called something like Start Your SaaS. And it's about these people who are just starting a SaaS business software as a service oh, okay. business and like they're sort of documenting all like how they their pricing strategy how they do their marketing and all this I find it really interesting because I'm doing some similar exercises yeah so it's kind of quite relevant um there's someone like called uh Jordan Gal and Brian Castle I think it's called bootstrapped I can't remember what it's called now bootstrap something and that's quite good as well we'll probably put some we could, could we put some of these in the show notes could we or yeah I think we should yeah some of the more more Podcast that we listen to. Which which podcast do you listen to then? Are there any others that you? I'm just trying recommend? to call, just trying to call a list up on the map. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> I've, I've got a terrible memory. It's what I'm thinking. Now. I listen to all these great podcasts. And I can't think what they are. When there's a great one called the Side Hustle Success Podcast. Every, everyone <laughs> should listen to that. Tell your friends about. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, I listen to the other. I know it's the other Tropical MBA. I do listen to that as well. Tropical MBA. Yeah, that's, that's quite, quite a good one. Yeah. Um, what other one do I listen to? There's a few that I've only just started listening to recently, actually. So the one called The Ground Up Show by a guy called Matt Diavello. Okay. And he talks a lot about productivity and minimalism. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think I said about the... I think they're quite personal, aren't they, podcasts? I think they're kind of personal to you and what you're doing. Because like, I say the podcasts that I listen to are sort of relevant to... Like, there might be people who have got businesses that are doing similar to what I'm doing. So I yeah. kind of listen to it a little bit because it's kind of... I find it interesting. Do you remember I said about a documentary a while ago called the is it called Minimalism that's on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, I've watched that. So, yeah. So the guy who does his podcast, Matt Diavela, he was the guy who filmed it. So he, oh, he, he, okay, he made yeah. a documentary that was following these two other guys around. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's a sort of freelance filmmaker who also lives the minimalist lifestyle as well. And oh, I just okay. I just find his videos and stuff quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds like a good one. Yeah. Uh, another one I listen to, which is quite good. I'm trying to pick ones that are not kind of topical shows. So I, listen, I listen to quite a few of those. I don't just want to go on about those. Uh, oh, that's what I'm looking for. Cortex. This is another Relay FM podcast. Okay, yeah. And it's kind of about productivity and sort of work hacks. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. It's yeah. quite good. So it's a guy, presented by two guys, Mike Hurley, who's the founder of Relay FM, and another guy called CGP Grey, who's quite a big YouTuber. Okay. Yeah. He does lots of like cool animated um, factual videos on YouTube. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he's got like a bazillion subscribers, so he's clearly doing very well. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I tend to learn quite a lot from podcasts like that, just listening to how people. Yeah, I work. do. It's, it's, I think podcast is quite intimate in a way that other formats aren't. Yeah. I mean, you get to really feel like you kind of know the people that are doing the podcast. Um, I'd like, I've never met Rob Walling, but because I listened to his podcast for years, I kind of feel like I, I know him. I obviously don't, you know, and you hear what, what he, him on his podcast, but I think it's an intimate in a way that other other formats aren't, you know. I think you almost get to feel, you almost like you, you hear their stories and you've heard them on the podcast, you almost care about them, don't you? You know, it's strange, yeah. isn't it? You know, do you feel like that with podcasts? It's, it's oh, absolutely, yeah. The there's one there? here called Analog. And again, it's a Relay FM. I really like Relay FM's style okay. of the shows that they do. But again, this is their founder, Mike Hurley, and another guy called Casey Liss, who's also one of the presenters on Accidental Tech Podcast. Okay. And really, it's just these two guys just chatting. Yeah, yeah. I think they actually said um, that the reason, the way this podcast came about is they used to meet up every now and again, like chat on the phone. Oh, and decided to make that into <laughs> so the Why don't we just record this? Yeah, no, good idea, isn't it? I think sometimes they're, they're good. Are you sort of like... Um, 
like it's good to some sort of care about people. If people have a story and they're going through a process, it's good to kind of hear that. Don't you? You're almost like, oh, what are they up to? You know, you want to hear, yeah. don't you, what the next instalment is? You know, how are they progressing? Are, are things going well? Are things going badly? You know, and it was kind of a bit like a soap opera in a way because one of the presenters, Casey Liss, I mean, he only recently, well, within the last year, quit his job. Okay, yeah. And he was always adamant that he wasn't going to leave his job and that the freelancing life wasn't for him. But, okay. but the presenters of the Accidental Tech podcast were constantly on his case to do it. Mike Hurley, his co-presenter on Analog, was always on his case to do it. And in the end, he did it. And, uh, okay, <laughs> it's yeah, quite, it's quite interesting. But it's good to hear that story, though, isn't it? I think that's the thing about podcasts. You, you do sort of like follow the podcasters, don't you, through their journey, don't you? As sad as it sounds, when I was listening to the episode of Accidental Tech, where he actually announced that he had handed his notice in at work, a part of me was actually like, <gasps> oh, you were like, like, you were concerned like about him. You were yeah. like concerned. I know it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. So I've never met the guy. I mean, he lives in somewhere in America. Yeah. I'm probably never going to meet him. But <laughs> no, it's. I think it's 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 different to other other sort of formats of learning, isn't it? For sure. So have you got any other big podcasts that you listen to? Um, none that I can sort of can't think of the top of my head. <laughs> it's annoying because there's, there's probably about five or so, but I'll probably put those in the show notes if that's okay. Yeah, um, that's what I do. The big like Tropical MBA startups, the rest of it is there's one called Rogue Startups. There's this the startup SAS one. I can't think what what it's exactly what it's called, but I'll put it in the show notes. And there's another one that I listen to. I think it's called Bootstrapped FM. I think it is, um, or something like that. Um, was it no? Is it Bootstrapped Web or something like that? Something like that. You know, there's lots of different ones like that. Podcasts are brilliant. If anyone listening to this doesn't listen to podcasts, just download a podcast player app or use iTunes if you're on. Um, um not actually, you use a podcast app if you're on, on the Apple devices. Just search for subjects that you're interested in and just like take a listen to some of the things that are out there. Yeah. It's free, yet you're getting raw kind of opinions from people. Yeah. Which, you know, haven't I been heavily edited down. It's kind of how people have. There's, there's something about podcasts that's quite real, isn't it? It's not, it's quite often, it's just people saying how they feel, isn't it? Or, yeah. you know, that time, you know. Cool. Okay. So, um, another thing I think which is really good for learning. And it's good to get into the habit of doing. It's going to user groups and meetups. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't go to so many groups as I used to. I used to go to the one. There's one called Knots Tuesday. It doesn't exist anymore. And it okay. was a meetup, like a tech entrepreneurs meetup in Nottingham. And it was called Knots Tuesday, and it was it was great. It's actually where I met my business partner uh, okay. Nick. Actually, so that you know, it just shows, doesn't it? Like what can happen from these. But sometimes I always used to have like a talk on, and you'd always have the hallway track after we talk to the other mm. people that were there, and it was always really useful, you know. And there's a few groups that you, if you go on like meetup.com or whatever, there's there's always like in your area, there's probably going to be some kind of meetup that's of interest to you, you know. Not always, but you might have to travel, but there's usually. Yeah, I, I enjoy going good. to meetups. When I run a user group, well, I co-run a user group in Derby called yeah. Derbyshire.net, although we're about to rename it to Derby Developers. I, oh, you're branching out, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. We called it Derby.net, and it used to be about Microsoft's .NET programming platform, but recently we've just been having quite a lot of diverse software development uh, okay, talks, yeah, which yeah. aren't necessarily .NET, so we're going to rename it just so, so we don't put people off. Who aren't .NET developers, yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. But I mean, I, mean I, I speak at lots of user groups as well. Yeah, I think for my friend Marvin, he, he does um, a, a .NET. .NET not, so Don't, I, spoke, yeah. I spoke at it last Monday. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Small world. Well, though Marvin wasn't there that night. Okay. You can tell him I'm offended. Yeah, we'll do, yeah, we'll do. <laughs> but I guess as kind of the next extension on from user groups again is, uh, I know one you're quite big into is mastermind groups. Yeah, I found this this quite useful, yeah. Um, you but know, they, sound we, quite, they sound quite brutal from what you're saying. Yeah, it can be, yeah, because what, what you're doing basically is you uh, normally have a meet-up with a, with a, in a small group of other entrepreneurs and they, well, in my case, entrepreneurs, but it could be whatever you're doing. So people are doing like similar things to you and then you meet up generally like once a month and that we would go through whatever you're doing. So in my case, they're going through my business and like looking at things we could improve. And then you sort of like look at the other people in the group, dissect their business. They might have a question to ask the group, you know, and it's good. It's a great way of, and also we share like resources. So if we've learned something new or a new book or a new resource, we recommend it to the group as well. So it's a great way of sort of mixing ideas and, and perhaps different perspectives because people think yeah. differently. So you might think, there might be somebody who's really focused at good at doing things, but they don't see the big picture. And then you can come in, if you're a big picture person, you can come in and say, actually, no, you're not looking at the entire thing. Perhaps you need to stand back and look at something different. And sometimes it can be quite hard because people can be quite brutal, you know. If right. it's not, if you're not emotionally attached to that person's business, you can perhaps be a bit more brutal about them and what they're doing than if it's, mm. if you're in the business, you know. 
So it's really useful. I recommend it to anybody if they can do it. I mean, sometimes it's hard to actually form a group and find relevant people to join your group, and it might not always work for you. You know, you might be able to just find a met. You know, if you can find somebody who could act as a mentor, that's that's yeah. quite good as well. But yeah, if you can do it, do, please do. Please do do it. I think it's 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 a great it's a great uh, idea. It's kind of a different style of learning, isn't it? So you're not actually physically going out to learn a particular subject, but you're actually soliciting feedback and learning that way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it might be it might like you might have a particular problem in your business you're trying to solve that month, and then you can just take it to the group, you know, and they can come up with solutions. You know, that's that's all. Like you know, whatever you want to do, it's, it's it's really useful actually. I find it. I find it. It's been really valuable actually. Yeah, kind of the last ones I put on sort of my mental tick list here with sort of conferences and networking events which I know aren't going to be for everyone because generally a lot of conferences are quite expensive yeah I've not really done many I've done a few conferences but not, not many it's, it's just it takes a load of time it's um, you have to travel and then pay for the cost of the conference and it is and then plus you're taking away time away from your business and the yeah, opportunity cost of working is it's sometimes tricky isn't it I think the biggest you know, benefit from it I mean obviously you can go to learn you know, go to all different talks and learn that way but I think a large part of it is if you can get into the habit of actually going out and networking and talking to people while you're there. Yeah, I think you, you, might. Can actually, you actually make some really valuable connections that you can learn from as well. Yeah, I think you can do. I think if you meet the right people, like I said, in the like I met Nick, my business partner, at a at a meetup group, and I assume the same would apply in conferences and networking events as you can meet other people that can be really useful, or just you can ask questions and and help you with your business or whatever, or form partnerships. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the key message, what we're saying here is it kind of ties back into the questions that we asked at the beginning, you know, like so Gary asked originally, you know, should, can you actually afford to spend any time doing personal development when you should be focusing on your business? And I think the answer definitely, I know we said this already, but the answer is definitely yes. Yeah. I think it should actively be encouraged because that's how you're going to grow both as a person and sort of kind of intellectually as well, I guess. Yeah, and also, well, it's going to help your business as well, for sure. Well, if you don't experience sure new things through learning, then you're not going to come up with new ideas. Because you never know, you, you might watch some video on a particular yeah. subject, which might spark this little spark of an idea, yeah. which then eventually grows into a big business. I think I think if you didn't do that, you'd stagnate and you wouldn't grow and your business wouldn't grow and you wouldn't grow as a person. So the key message here is... Well keep learning yeah keep learning yeah do please yeah and you don't have to spend a lot of money I mean we've talked through lots of different things like you know plural site LinkedIn learning I mean they're all paid for things and they're fantastic yeah but you don't have to do that I mean YouTube podcasts they're all free yeah I mean you can join a library if you if you want or there's, there's things you can do isn't there that aren't yeah. as expensive cool okay so Onto the last section of the show, so we've got some recommendations. So, what do you like to recommend? Ken? Yeah, I think it's something somebody recommended to you before, actually. But um, it's a book called Company of One: yeah. Why Staying Small Is the Next Big Thing for Business by Paul Jarvis, and it, it's it's quite an interesting book actually because it's sort of it's questioning why you should actually grow a business. Yeah. You know, so a lot of businesses fail when they go into this kind of growth phase, and they're saying like, is it necessary for for your personal objective? You've got to think. Some people just grow, but for no, there's no real logic to it. They haven't really thought through what it means to grow, why they want to grow. Growing for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you got to think about, oh, yeah, my business is growing. I want to grow my business, but you're thinking, well, why? You know, is it actually going to get you to where you need to go? You know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't achieve your personal objectives, why not just say? So is that, on about, is that on about growing in terms of revenue or sort of people? Well, both, yeah, both, both okay. yeah, or, or you know, what the idea of company of one is, it's, it's why not just keep your company as a one-person company, you know? It, it kind of made me smile when I saw that you'd written this as the uh, recommendation for this week. Cause yeah, literally, sort of the day before we recorded this show, um, I was on Twitter and a friend of mine actually recommended the book, and I went and bought it. Oh no, you're I was saying, thinking, yeah, I was yeah. thinking, oh, this might be my recommendation for the next episode, but you beat me to beat it. Beat it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, some of it's a bit contrarian. I think it's deliberately contrarian in saying, you know, I don't think growth's necessarily that bad, really. But I think this is just like looking at it from another perspective, and it's good to have that perspective, you know, of different different views. So you don't have to grow. But I think in some ways, it, the, the author takes it to the point almost like extremes of just proving a point a little bit. Yeah. But I know it's it's still really interesting though, and I think it's something you should think about is. You know what size company do you want? Why do you want it that big? Rather than just saying I'm just gonna launch them to the world and it's just gonna I'm gonna grow it massive for no, but it's not actually gonna benefit me it, doing that. You know, in any way. You know, so why why bother? You know, you've got a question. Is it is it is there anything to it? You know, just something to think about. What's what's your recommendation for this? So this mine episode? is a, a little hardware device and it's currently only for the Mac, but I think they 
talking about a Windows version. Okay, yeah. But it's a little dongle that you plug into your computer, and then it lets you basically use an iPad as a second monitor. Oh, that's cool, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty good. And I've used this in a few ways. So sometimes when I'm out, you know, maybe in a cafe or a co-working space, and I need a second screen, I can just plug this thing yeah. into my iPad, and it works really, really well. So it'll do it either over Wi-Fi or you can plug like a lightning cable in and it'll do it over oh, the that's, cable. Oh, yeah, that sounds like nice. Yeah, it's nice to have a screen, isn't it? What I find really useful with it is because when I record for plural sites, generally I'd need two screens. I've got one that I'm recording off of, which is doing screen capture off the screen. Oh, okay, yeah. Then I've got the other screen with a script on it. But obviously I'm using an iMac now and I don't really want a second monitor on the desk. Oh, okay. So yeah. what I do is I use the lunar display, I send the slides to that second display and then I'm basically recording off of the iPad, but then yeah. I've got my script on the main screen. It's, it's it always works really. It's well. always nice to have a second screen. It's like I always um, like now when I go out and about, I've got my rucksack, but I always have like two laptops. I have the, I have the Google Pixel Book, and I've got yeah. the the Huawei. Huawei. I can't say Huawei. Oh yeah, MateBook. <laughs> MateBook Pro, and it's nice to sometimes have two screens, isn't mm. it? You know, not all the time. Generally, just have one screen, but sometimes it's nice. You know, if you're checking one, just to have more real estate in terms of. Of, you know, looking at different things on the screen, it's handy, isn't it? Or if you're doing different tasks, like you were just saying. Yeah. You know, it's it's handy, really good if you're travelling, because then I can just use the iPad, which I've always got with me anyway, as a second screen for the laptop. Yeah, I know, that's, 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 really that's well. a good idea, yeah. So I thought I'd recommend it. So, I mean, at the minute, it's Mac only. Um, but I do believe, going to our website, they're actually considering a Windows version of it as well. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that would be cool, yeah. Which would be useful. But it's just, I mean, there's other providers out there that I've used that let you use an iPad as a second screen, but this is by far the best. I mean, the, oh, okay. the picture quality is, Spawn, is, is it? really good. Yeah. Good enough that I can actually record off of it for my courses. Oh, okay, yeah. Which I couldn't do with previous suppliers. So, yeah, it's not particularly cheap. It's about 70 or $80 dollars or pounds. I can't remember okay. which, but yeah, I'll, I'll put yeah. a link in the show notes. Yeah, please do, yeah. So that's another other episode in the can. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you, and um, stay learning. Yeah, stay learning. Yeah, <laughs> go out there and read a book, or listen to a podcast, or, or join a group, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just get out there and learn. Keep those, keep those grey cells exercise. Okay. Well, goodbye, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye.